We are busy with a series on the Holy Spirit called Advantage for the past few weeks. Been amazing, right? Uh, we started off by saying that there's so much in the person of the Trinity of the Holy Spirit that we've got to investigate. Uh, so we're taking our time on this. And we've talked about the Holy Spirit who's clearly, He, he, he comes in, in different ways. First of all, He is with us. He's a friend, a helper, a comforter. He walks by our sides and He directs our steps. And we need to be in a three-legged race keeping in step with the Spirit. Secondly, we spoke about also how the Holy Spirit is within us, that we are that temple that He so loves to dwell in, and that once we meet Christ and come to salvation, there's a new Spirit operating in us, and that's the Holy Spirit. And then, today I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit upon us. And this is all about Holy Spirit power. Can everyone say power? power. Now, I want some amens. Can I get one big amen? Amen. Holy Spirit power. There's a fire and a power in the Holy Spirit that He has available for each one of us. And I'm so excited to share what it looks like. Here's our starting point this morning. Jesus speaking just before He ascends to heaven. His final words, get this. What's the last thing He says to His disciples before He leaves? Because that's pretty important. If I had my last final words to say, I'm going to make sure that I make them count, right? He says this in Acts 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The parting words, the final words of Jesus. And then he said, and he was taken away and the disciples looked up and that was it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A life lived under the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. Yes, that's an adventure. I don't do, do boring, not at all. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist in Christianity. Don't know where you come from, but if that's what you see the Jesus journey is like, boring, then I've got some news for you this morning. The Holy Spirit, power wants to come upon you and show you that it's an incredible adventure to walk with him. We're going we're gonna to talk about how he comes with his power. And it, it's manifesting through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The word that is used in, in when it's explained to us is the word charismata. And it speaks about the gifts that he comes and his power comes upon us. And then he empowers us with certain gifts that we can then use in his purposes. I want to ask you a question. What do I hold in my hand? A present or a? A gift. Okay, so any takers? Today's going to be very interactive. Who wants a gift? You've got to run. Michelle, I just... Come, Suma. There's another one. No, 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 come forward. There's, there's some work to be done for this. Come, Michelle. Back you come. So, hang on. You don't know. Get on stage. So can we all be in agreement? This is a? Now I want the two of them to open it up and show us what it is. We're saying it's a gift, right? Let's give them a minute. Love it. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I don't know. It's something chocolatey. Is it a croissant? 
Is it croissant? A chocolate, Ian. A chocolate croissant for Simmery. Let's give Simmery a hand for a chocolate croissant. Now, Michelle, what's inside your box? Nothing. Great. Go sit down. That's all you get. <laughs> you may have it during the service. You're welcome to. Once I gave one of the youth a chocolate, and he wasn't sure whether he was allowed to eat it during the, the service. You're allowed to eat here during the service. No auditorium, sanctuary. Don't eat in the sanctuary vibes here. Now, I want you to see what I'm trying to explain to you. We all said it's a gift, but it's only a gift when there's something inside. And this is critical to understand. And hear what I'm trying to say. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is merely the wrapping. What's inside is the love of the Father. The power of the Holy Spirit is never void of its specific purpose, to reveal the Father's love. So if we are after the gifts for the gift's sake, we are seriously missing out. Because He comes and He brings the Holy Spirit gifts for a far greater purpose so that the Father's heart is revealed for His people. I was watching, terrible, I'm, I'm being vulnerable and repenting, YouTube the other day, quite a while back. And you know, it's those ones where you go down a rabbit hole, you click on like, that looks interesting, like seven weird things, sea creatures that you never thought existed. And, and I came upon... I came upon one that I clicked on, and I'm not going to give you the title, because there's, there's some of you that's going to go look for it. But it basically boils down to pastors saying bad stuff. <laughs> and doing bad things. And so it starts off quite funny. You're like, how did he, he, they didn't, how did he do that? Did he even think about that illustration. And I like illustrations, as you guys know, and sometimes I just check them with Eliana because I don't want it like, yeah, lift you, um, rather not. But I was halfway through completely and utterly broken when I saw a pastor supposedly under the power of the Spirit and the gifting calling a man out of the crowd with a neck brace. And he says, come forward. The Lord wants to heal you. And this guy comes forward and he's got a neck brace and he gives him, gives him a mic and what's wrong with your neck? Speaking about it. And he tries to explain that he just had an operation. But this pastor, under the power of the Spirit, is so careless and without the love of the Father that he says, take it off. And he takes the guy's head, Pete, stand up. He does it like this. He says, Be healed. And the expression of pain on that man's face would never leave me. Just excruciating pain. Because there was a guy that was supposedly enjoying the gift, but there was no love. I love what Mark said last week about that love, which is the fruit of the Spirit. It's God dwelling in us, and as He moves, we move. Well, some of us want to take our hands out of the glove and just hit people with the power. And there's no love involved at all. You see, this is what the Holy Spirit brings. He brings wholeness and togetherness and he ministers in completeness because in himself, he knows exactly what he wants to achieve. And that is the glory of Jesus and revealing the love of the Father. And I believe this morning, there's some of you that's been hurt where there's been a misuse 
of Holy Spirit power that God wants to come and gently embrace. There's been some of you on the other spectrum that's been fearful of the Holy Spirit power because you've seen it being done not in love. The purpose is always the love of the Father revealed. And I want you to do some homework this week and go and read Acts chapter one and two and 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. But I wanna read to us exactly what it looked like at the beginning when the Holy Spirit was poured out the very first time. You can either follow in your Bibles, Acts chapter two, or you can listen properly. It says this, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. How amazing. Every nation under heaven at that point of time in history were dwelling in Jerusalem. The strategic nature of God. And at this sound, the multitude came together, the sound of those tongues and the wind, and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are all not these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And he names all the languages. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. That initial moment was for the love of the Father to be revealed to the nations. And they spoke actual languages, tongues, Afrikaans, English, French, Sutu, Koza. And we can name the list for every nation under heaven to know. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking, saying, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ears to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jump across to verse 38. And then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone who the Lord our God calls to himself. There's the key. The Father calling people to himself. That's why the Spirit was given. 
And we've got to understand that foundational purpose when you speak about the power of the Holy Spirit. My second illustration is on the ground here. I don't know if you guys saw the red duct tape and the three lights. But I want to talk to you about power and form for a minute. That God intends for these two to always work together. Let's look at that first verse, Acts 1 verse 8. The power of the Spirit will come upon you and there will be form. What's it going to form? It's going to form witnesses. And we've got to understand that power and form has to always work together because God builds in a specific and a strategic way for an outcome that's important and that is for people to be united to the love of the Father. The first time in the Bible that a man was filled with the power of God upon him is in Exodus 35. You can go and read it. His name was Bezalel. And he said that he was filled with the Spirit of God. For what reason? Not just for the power, but to form things. With skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work gold and silver, cutting stones, carving wood, and setting them in place. It is so important to know that when the power of God comes, He comes with His fullness, but He's forming and He's structuring at the same time. I love what Roger appears. For those of you who don't know who he is, he leads South Africa apostolically. He said this at the Bull Conference recently. Let us not despise form. Let us have maturity to recognize the importance of it. For too long as a church, we have equated spontaneity with spirituality. True power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit always makes sure that through form, the work of God is not wasted. He brings both at the same time. Now back to the line. I believe what Jesus said, what's in the word, and the example of the first church is more than is sufficient for us to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. But we are 2,000 years later, and many church fathers, and I'm not dissing or disrespecting, and many theologies and winds and waves of doctrine has come and blurred the foundation lines for us today. There's some thoughts that we have around the Holy Spirit, and especially in the doctrine of the Spirit. And the Bible speaks about this in Ephesians. Don't you as little children be tossed by winds and waves of doctrine. Even today, the winds and waves of doctrine are out and about, and it's more rife than ever. And because of our multimedia world, you can add a click of a button, get a whole new theology on the Holy Spirit. But in this house, and under this leadership, we believe what Jesus said, what the Bible says, and then the examples we see there, nothing else. Now, I want two strong men to come and join me. So that's a good, good challenge, eh? Like, ah, there we go. Ingo, yes, give him a hand. That's bold. Awesome. Another one. Josh, come and stand next to me on the line, the foundation line. So what's happened in our world today is that God said what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus spoke about it. It's the last promise he gave, and he said, it's going to be for a purpose to witness, and you need this power, and then the word further exclaims how it's done, and that's the, the starting line from which we walk, right? Now, through sensation and cessation, cessationism are those who believe that the work of the Holy Spirit and the gifting stopped 
at the apostolic age. Again, we're studying history and church history and, and church fathers' opinions. So like, no, no gifts anymore. It was only meant for the apostles, as if the apostles knew that they were in the apostolic age and that which God entrusted to them, they shouldn't entrust to others. It's interesting how we look back and they were never like, no, no, we the apostles, it's all gonna stop with us. They just did what they did and lay hands on one another and the spirit of God worked. So there's this one side of belief that a lot of reformed theology and reformed theology is good, but it's taken too far to the one side that people don't believe in the work of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit anymore. Following me. Then there's the sensational part. People that wanna take neck braces off people and give them a smack without the love of the Father because it's sensational. It's, it's, I, I, my heart always breaks how in these environments, it's always those who are really sick and battling who are the, the ones to be picked from the crowd. So can we have the love of the Father and just not expose them like that, just gently? Anyway, I saw another one where the sensationalism is big. Guy up in Africa believes that the Spirit of God can burn fat off your body. Really, it's out there. He stands on this stage. I've tried it, it doesn't work. I stand on the scale. And he, he says like that, fat burn. Fat burn. In the name of Jesus, fat burn. How's that for sensationalism? The only way fat burns is for exercise and healthy eating. You don't need the Holy Spirit, maybe to help you with the temptation, Yes. But now what happens is there's a baseline, what Jesus said, what the Bible says, how the first church walked, but some of us might be bent just a few degrees this way or that way, either to being sensationalists or we don't believe in the work of the power of God because of however we were brought up religiously in our background. Now I want these guys to start walking with me and see what happens. Let's walk, walk on the line, keep walking. Don't back up, keep walking, keep walking. You keep walking. When we run on this line, people get hurt. And the love of Father is not revealed anymore. See, we were meant to, from this point, be launched to run with the power of the Holy Spirit in fullness. But if we do that a few degrees off, let's give them a hand. People are gonna get hurt in the way. And here, at Every Nation Sums the West, we're not gonna partner with that. Because of the love of God revealed through Jesus and taught us by the Holy Spirit is what we are after. I prayed for this morning and I believe that the Lord showed me a picture of a steam train with a massive fire in the front wanting to go places. And these trucks behind it were almost like this. And as it launched, it was a clack, 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 how these things just aligned and started running. I've often found myself at either side of this line. And I wanted to say, Jesus, just lead me straight. Where power and four meets, we get a straight line leading to a true Holy Spirit empowered life. And that's what I'm excited about this morning. Five things that the scripture teaches about the spirit. I'm gonna go through them quickly and I want you to go and study them and think about them in your life groups this week and as you read Acts chapter two and 1 Corinthians 12 
to 14. I've said this already, but the first thing, the Holy Spirit power is to witness. Steve Murrell, who leads our movement, said whenever he's asked about what is the, what is the, the sign that someone has been filled or baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit, which is a contended thought around the world, he says, is that person witnessing? Because that's what Jesus said. The power is going to come upon you and you'll be a witness. That's our measure. So the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses. I'm going to read it again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he has said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up on a cloud and took him out of their sight. He calls it the weird and the dead. I called it sensationalism and cessationism. We could call it the crazy and the cold. Cold to the fire of the Spirit. We're completely crazy in it. It's important to know that it is always for the purpose to witness. It is always for the purpose to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never without that. It's for us as a church to go into the streets of this town and beyond the nations that God is calling us to. It's for the team that's going to Europe and those staying behind in Ireland and Scotland for a longer time to share the love of God and witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second thing is that the Holy Spirit power is on all generations. Wimyohan, come and join me. This is exciting. On all generations. Michelle said this when she spoke and she sees this, says this every time she speaks. There's no junior Holy Spirit. And I've asked Omiohan to come and quickly share with us two weeks ago at our leaders meeting, the Lord placed a word on his heart and I want you to see how the older generation sees this work of God on all generations. Thanks, Pierre. Well, first of all, it wasn't long ago when I was still part of the youth of the church. <laughs> so, so in, in those days, it was very much different to what you have today. We were told, I'm going to speak in Afrikaans, this one. So if you had something, you would put up your hand and possibly they won't see your hand. But what I am in awe about is our new generation. Young people, and then I must also refer young people as the leaders of this church who is really spirit-filled in what they are doing. And they are not shy to say what the Lord says in their lives. I was, the, the, what we what I experienced the night at the living room was the, the testimony that there was 26 young school people that is becoming, uh, doing a, a discipleship course. And that is amazing. And I want to salute you guys, you young people. I want to salute you for, for standing out and really the church had a future. When I was in my day, I thought, what, how long is this future gonna be? <laughs> 
And now already I'm, I'm 13 years older than my dad when he died, so I wow. am so happy. And uh, keep up the good work. Now I want to, he's speaking about uh, Melindy, who leads our kids' church, went to uh, one of our primary schools and she offered the invitation, who wants to lead discipleship groups? And 26 young kids said, we want to lead discipleship groups, disciple others. Now, I want to flip this around back to Um Johan. I love how often most Sundays he comes to me and often with tears in his eyes and I can see the Spirit of God and work in him. And he just says a sense he had or a word that God has placed on him and every time it's blessed my heart. This is how the Holy Spirit works on all generations. This is what I love about this house is that we are multi-generational. Can we give him a hand for his boldness to share with us this morning? And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I know of kids in this house that's given people words of knowledge and wisdom that's come true. Prophetic words that actually then are fulfilled immediately. I've known of kids dreaming dreams and saying, I had a dream. The other day, we had young Tim come and share the dream he had about God sweeping out the house. You guys remember? And it was exactly in line with what we preached on that morning. Now, you've got to be blind to not see that the Holy Spirit power is upon us. It is here, and you can walk in it. Don't let either of these two things keep you away from running in the line that Jesus has for you. The third thing is that the Holy Spirit power comes in different ways. Ah, this is one of the things that I love about God. He's so creative. And he made us all different. And he knows how he made us. He's made extroverts and introverts. And it's a good thing. And sometimes I feel for the introverts, and I mean this, because often the extroverts just overpower. But I want to tell you, if you sit down and let an introvert just speak, and it's, it's, I'm speaking to myself here, because I'm on the extrovert side. Wow, there's wisdom and the Spirit of God that I get to enjoy. And I just shut my mouth, Pierre. And he made us experience him differently. I think the world thinks sometimes, and I do know and I understand that it's true, that the church is divided because of all the various ways of ministry philosophy. But I've always seen the good side in it. That there's different places and homes for people to be the body of church in different expressions. And I think it's good. And the Holy Spirit power in the same way comes in different ways at different times. The only requirement is that we have a hunger for it and expect it. But then he decides how he wills to give us gifts. It's clear. It says that in 1 Corinthians 12 that the Spirit of God gives gifts, give gifts, charismata as he wills. So you might sit there and today God says, I'm going to use you in healing. And tomorrow I might give you a prophetic word. And get this, he might be quiet for a while. And then give you a word of knowledge or a gift of faith. This is the beauty of how God works. We see it in the New Testament. The Spirit of God came sometimes just through God, pouring it out on people. It starts in Exodus 35 when the Spirit of God came onto Bezalel. 
But then also, it comes through preaching the word. Later on in the book of Acts, they were preaching the gospel and the spirit of God just fell upon people and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But then one of the most common practices that we see throughout the New Testament is the laying on of hands. Where you put your hands on someone and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill up. Let your power come and your gifts be released. And some people have been despondent because they feel they don't have a certain gift that the Holy Spirit power is not operating in them. There were times that the Holy Spirit power operated and mostly when it happened, they were speaking of tongues. Now let's just be clear about this. The first examples were speaking of languages. Other nations' tongues. But then later on, there's a spiritual tongue that we have. And Paul says, I speak it as often as I can. I pray it, maybe more so than all of you, but I don't just end it there. I also pray with understanding. Some of you might feel I'm on the outside because God hasn't released that gift on me. A while back, halfway through the year, we had our fasting series. I don't know if you guys remember that. Quickening with Pastor Eric Bapatel. And on the one morning, we were praying for this, laying on of hands, Holy Spirit power coming upon people. And there were one of our leaders that when I look at his life, goodness, the fruit of the Spirit is there and the power. And he's operated in prophecy and in, in words of wisdom, yes, and massive faith even in discernment. But he said, you know what? I'd love to pray in a tongue. Now, I didn't go forward and say, you're not filled with the Spirit because you're not praying in a tongue. The Spirit of God has been upon him. Yes, and it's one of the strong evidences, but the ultimate evidence is witnessing. And this man has been witnessing the gospel of Jesus across the world. And that morning, God said, Holy Spirit said, I will to give you a tongue today. And he prayed in a tongue. You see, these lines... We've got to line it to what Jesus said and what the Bible shows. Then we'll all walk and run in the fullness of what God has for us. The spiritual gift is always demonstrated when Holy Spirit power is received. That's the one thing that I know. That when you pray for people, or when the Holy Spirit power comes, there will be a manifestation of a spiritual gift. Speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment, gifts of prophecy, words, of wisdom and knowledge, healing, signs and wonders, and a gift of faith. One of those would take place at some point when there's prayed over you or when you listen to the word and the spirit of God just comes. Or when you're just in your bedroom. I love the stories when people wake up in the middle of the night and they just speak in a tongue for the first time. It's happened to people here. I love it. My experience was when I was baptized at the age of 18, I came up of the the water, and it felt like two hands are grabbing hold of my cheeks and pulling it apart, and it was just flowing, a tongue that the Lord gave me. The fourth thing I want to say is that the Holy Spirit power is for us to build, not just to bless. It says this, so with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. It's always with the purpose to reveal the Father's love, to witness, but it's the same time for us to build up, encourage, strengthen, and bolster this community that we have in this meeting place when we get together in life groups. The church in Corinth lost their way a little bit. And Paul had to speak to them quite straight. 
1 Corinthians 12, he speaks about the manifestations of the Spirit. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, he speaks about the way of love. Now, we've taken that piece of portion, and rightly so, and we make it our standard marriage talk or wedding talk. Love is kind and not jealous. And, and yes, all those things, rightly so. But he was saying it right in between speaking about the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, have the gifts. The Spirit wants to give it to you. But do it in love. The purpose is to love the Father. Do it in a way that builds up other people. Don't pull their neck braces off. <laughs> do it in a loving way. Strive to excel in building up the church of God. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians 14 and he speaks about orderly worship. God is a God of form. So when you do these things, don't just go ballistic and everyone just does their own thing because you might lose out on the unbeliever finding the Father's love in that moment. So important. Be hospitable to one another when you are under the manifestation and the power of the Holy Spirit. Consider one each other. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, when the spirit of God comes upon you, you still have control of that spirit power. And that's where meekness comes in. To really know the strength inside you. Meekness, the best way to explain it, other than what Ricky did a few months ago in the sermon, is a lion waiting to pounce onto his prey. All that power, but contained. Yes, the Spirit of God is upon me, but I'm waiting for that moment where he says, now release. And then the fruit is amazing. And people's lives are changed. Most times, and I try and do this as a habit, before I pray for someone who needs prayer, I just take a moment and say, Spirit of God, whew, let your power come. And then I wait till I feel that sense of power. And then I pounce like a lion. And I release the fire that God has for that individual. Do it orderly, hospitable to one another, but do it. And the way that you do it is love. And then ultimately, the Holy Spirit power is a recurring experience. It's not a one and done moment. It's not just once and now you're ready. It's a filling and a refilling and a filling again. It's coming back, it's drinking from the well, it's like, God, I'm thirsty again for your power. Well, just come. Come and be with me. Come and drink. My power is available for you. God, I, I really want to see the gifts function. There's people that need prayer and they need to be miraculously healed. Well, come and drink. Come and fill up again. When was the last time you did that? To just go and fill up with the Spirit again. John Piper wrote this in his book, A Godward Life, book two important. How do you get drunk with wine? You drink it, lots of it. So how then shall we get filled with the Spirit? Drink it, lots of it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Jesus said in John 7, 38, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living waters. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. There's an invitation always, every day, 
every morning when you wake up to say, Jesus, you said come and drink. So I'm gonna come. And you said this of the Spirit. And I'm gonna get my fill until I'm overflowing in the power because there's a straight line of witnessing that you've made me to run in. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he has prepared for you beforehand that you should walk in them. And this happens when the Holy Spirit power comes upon us to witness, when it's done to lead the people to the Father's love, when we're doing it to build up the church, when we realize it's on all generations, it's on the old, it's on the young, it's on the little kids, doesn't matter the age, three years old, two years old, the Spirit of God can move in a dream and speak to a child at the age of two about something that's to come. And he might bring it up again at the age of seven and then age of 15, that child might be in the presence of God and realize, wow, the Spirit of God has been speaking to me all along. That's amazing how God works. So the invitation this morning is come and drink. I wanna do something very simple. I'm gonna grind some coffee. Anyone up for some coffee? 10 minutes, you'll have some coffee. Now, I'm gonna be a little naughtier and let the aroma spread of this fresh sugar. Anyone smelling it yet? Yes. Now that's why you should sit in front of church. You get gifts, chocolate croissants, coffee flavors, and a whole lot of other stuff. And maybe some saliva flying out as I preach. <laughs> or a shake of the neck, Pete. I'm sorry about that. So there we go. I'm grinding this. Are you smelling it yet? If you're smelling the coffee, put up your hand. See one how far this goes. That's great. Ah, that's awesome. Keep going. <laughs> While I prayed, the Lord gave me a simple illustration. Some of you been smelling the aroma of the Spirit. <laughs> but I can stand here all day and sniff this flavor until I'm fast asleep. It's gonna have no effect on me other than just smelling it. It's in the drinking that the caffeine kicks in and you enjoy the benefit of coffee. So every time you have a cup of coffee now, you're going to think about the Holy Spirit. For most of us, that's daily. Sorry for the coffee drinkers. I feel for you. We'll lay hands on you as well afterwards. The non-coffee drinkers, I mean. If you don't drink coffee, we'll pray for you. But that's the invitation. They're not just, oh, it smells amazing. It looks amazing. You know what? Yeah, these preachers and every nation comes away, yeah, they do great talks and it's good and it's lacquer. And yeah, my life group leader, he, he really lives it. And come on, it's for all of us. Come and drink, Jesus says. And live in my power. It's available. And don't let whatever was disturbed or the two degrees of the three degrees of upset you and keep you back. I've laid the foundation. Jesus has said it. My church has lived it. Walk in the straight line of power that I have for you.